and welcome to the Truth to Power show on Radio Free Brooklyn. I'm your host, Vijar Nathan, and with us today is co-host Tori Ashley Matos. Welcome, Tori. Hello. Good morning, everyone. Good morning. Good morning. And our special guest today is Shauna Cummins. She is a clinical hypnosis practitioner. She received board certification through the National Guild of Hypnotists in 2012. She's the founder of the Divine Feminine School of Hypnosis and the Mind Massage Hotline. She has worked over 10 years as an artist and entrepreneur in NYC and abroad. As a hypnotist, she uses an integrative approach, uh, utilizing creative visualization, neuro-linguistic programming, meditation, and energy psychology that works to help her clients transform old limiting patterns into new positive ones, allowing for more expansive relationship with their best self. She holds a private practice in NYC and is a resident healer at Maha Rose, Brooklyn. She regularly teaches classes in NYC in Europe. Her work as a hypnotist and artist was showcased in various places like the National Gallery of Denmark, Center of Contemporary Art in Glasgow, Scotland, the Ace Hotel, Medium's Residency, Apex Art, the Queen's Museum of NYC, and in publications such as Yahoo News, The Independent, Nylon Bust, and in the JetBlue documentary, Human Kinda, among others. Welcome, Shauna. Thank you. Thanks very much. Thank you. Thanks for reading Thank that you. long bio. Yeah. <laughs> so good, good. So why don't we start And it's gone through yeah. edits, which I love. Yeah, and it's edited down from the website. Yeah. You have this website, Shauna Cummings. So it's, uh, I'll try not to be so long. love credentials. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so why don't we start the conversation off with your journey into hypnosis of becoming a hypnotist and how that happened for you um, mm -hmm. and tell us a little bit about kind of how starting off that journey what your perception of hypnosis was and as it grew as you d dived into this journey yeah sure um, yeah yeah ironically you know when I found hypnosis I was really scared of it and had all those like you know misconceptions that sometimes people have like you see in the movies you know like something bad is going to happen yeah or some someone's going to have control over you or make you rob a bank or collect like a chicken or something like that <laughs> <laughs> in my case i was very interested in it i was very fascinated uh, by it you know for a long time it was it had been in my head like oh wow i really want to do that it's so interesting and i've read a lot about it as well but I, I was just like, I got to do it. I know I have to do it. I'm really interested, but I'm scared because I think I'm going to find out something bad about myself. <laughs> like I had like this Catholic guilt thing too, where I was like, I'm going to, uh, for sure I did something horrible. It's my fault, you know, and I'm just going to find right. out. <laughs> but, um, you know, but in fact, it was the opposite. You know, when I went, I was, it was very, you know, transformative quite immediately i had to do a few sessions but what i found the first session was i was like wow like first of all this it felt so resonant like it made so much sense to me like such an easy state for me to get in to and what i found was that i had this really deep sense of like kind of compassion and and like connection to myself for myself in a way that I hadn't been able to access in any other form of therapy. And for me, that happened, that, that ended up to be the most empowering and transformative thing. So, um, so yeah. And then I, I had such a nice time with those sessions that I 
immediately signed up for a training. So, <laughs> so like, yeah. it was very quick that it started just kind of changed my life. So from that point on, I, I studied it. Um, and then it just really became my life. That was it. So I came to it because I was in a place of, uh, you know, really needing healing and guidance. Uh, I've been really stressed out for years and years, like kind of living in New York and working in fashion and I was publishing a magazine and um, just kind of burning the candle at both ends for too long, you know, too many years. And I was also just quite lost in the, in the way that I was really searching for some deeper guidance and, uh, and connection. So I had, I had made the decision to change careers and kind of, um, I wanted to get into so go back into social work because I have a kind of a little bit of a social work background from my undergrad, but I um I was like you know what I'm going to go get my master's in social work that's it I'm going to go back in that direction it feels more aligned but at the same time it didn't feel like totally aligned it just felt like oh I should just go do that thing because it's better you know so when I found hypnosis it just somehow was like oh my god it felt like all the roads were leading to this you know it kind of could, kind of connected a lot of my interests and, you know, passions and, you know, natural kind of things that I'm good at. And so, yeah, that was it. So I just like, first of all, it was very transformative personally. And then studying it became like this real kind of, you know, fascination and yeah. yeah. And that was it. Yeah. So it's interesting how it seems like the basis of hypnosis is using the imagination and how it can be used or leveraged in your advantage. So many of us have this issue with, and quoting a meme, you know, that, uh, you know, I got 99 problems, the 86 of them are completely made up scenarios in my head that are stressing <laughs> me out for absolutely no logical reason. You know? <laughs> it's like so many people have this imagination got wild kind of thing where they're being taken over by anxieties, they're taken over by imagined scenarios that aren't going to happen. So how do you, how does hypnosis or how do you as a hypnotist leverage your imagination for your positive change, you know? Yeah, totally. That's an amazing, that's the best quote. <laughs> I love you. that. Yeah. Um, yeah. That's the whole thing. I think that's why it worked so well for me in the beginning is because I have such a, a wild imagination that can go in all the directions, sometimes wrong directions, you know? Um, and so, you can harness it, first of all, by increasing awareness through the hypnotic state. You're able to, it's, one, it's a natural ability that we all have to go into this like liminal, you know, trance state, otherwise known as the, you know, hyp hypnagogic or hyp hypno hypnosis kind of trance state. So it's a natural ability, but it's also practice, just like meditation, you know, or, or yoga or mindfulness. So you start to really like use this natural ability that we have as humans to watch ourselves, you know, just like you do in mindfulness to have an awareness of, to notice your thoughts, to do like kind of rise above or up or outside of the situation and observe it. But, you know, what was most transformative for me personally, and I think is very important in the process of therapeutic hypnosis is to be able to first establish a sense of collaboration and connection with yourself 
that comes from compassion and kind of like unconditional love and non-judgment. So once you establish this kind of supportive relationship with yourself on a deep level, then you can, you know, look at yourself like outside of yourself. And so then you see your imagination as it could be a healing tool, you know, because you're able to notice these patterns of when your imagination goes against you in the forms of fears and phobias and things like that. You can increase your awareness of it through practice and experience. And then you can start to use, so there's a difference between fantasy and imagination. I remember my psychoanalyst years ago saying this to me and I, and I never forgot it. And, and in my work in hypnosis, I think about it often. Really, I think it was a real turning point for me, like to understand there's fantasy uh, and our imagination can really just kind of do its own thing and run wild into the fantastic, fantastical, like fantasy world for good and bad, right? Like for fear and for also amazing things. But with the fantasy, we can get stuck there because we just kind of like go in the loop. We go in a, a kind of alternate universe and it's not connected to reality. And that very often is kind of addictive because either way, whether it's really bad or really good, you know, our thoughts could be addictive because we can have really good thoughts like that prompt oxytocin or dopamine or serotonin. We could have really scary thoughts that prompt, you know, cortisol, the stress hormone or adrenaline. But, you know, when you just get stuck in fantasy, then you, it becomes like a stuck state, you know? But when you use that, all that information from the fantasy and you bring it into your imagination, it becomes creative, and creativity is inherently active, you know? So then you can start to collaborate with yourself from a place of kind of support, and then you start to take action in the world, you know? And so that's, that's, where the, that's the real work of using the imagination with hypnosis because, you know, it's, uh, it's like a process, you know? So you start to build a better relationship with yourself, and then you start to feel more empowered you know to use your imagination as a as a healing tool to work for you instead of against you you know that's my take on it i i mean i've never actually thought to restructure my thinking about my own anxieties as um a creative tool or to like reformat the way that i think about those imagination those fantasies as you say those fantasies that that do cause stress hormones to erupt all over my brain and instead <laughs> sort of channel them into something that is more of a what was the word that you used a collaboration yes mm-hmm. yeah that's remarkable i did have a question because the more that i hear you talk about this and you even refer to it as a practice i i keep thinking about meditation and you brought up the you, you did bring up meditation as something totally separate. So I wanted to know how are how how is um, hypnosis and meditation? What is the fundamental difference between those two? Yeah, that's a great question, and, and it's interesting because I mean, I think you know a lot of modern hypnotists will be like, well, you know, it's like meditation, you know, because people it's more accessible that way, and people right. are like, oh, of course, a lot of people meditate, and that makes sense, and but but really, it's it's different. It's quite different than meditation. It's a similar state of mind. Like it may feel similar to it because you're in that liminal state, that hypnagogic state that 
you know, otherwise known as like the alpha theta brainwave state in between waking and sleeping. But it's different, namely, like most obviously, because with hypnosis, it's, it's highly um, like intentional and in the sense of like specific, you're, you have a real goal, you have a specific goal, like in your going to find something specific, <laughs> you know, whereas in, Got it. Yeah. You know, so, um, yeah, they, there's a, some, some, some of my colleagues will say that hypnosis is uh, meditation with an agenda, <laughs> but I don't, I don't like that really. That term <laughs> seems too kind of corporate for me, but, <laughs> <Right>. <laughs> but, but basically, yeah, it's different because it's also the, the thing that's different is that there's no right or wrong way to do it, you know? So it's more similar to actually, if you've ever done yoga, the Shavasana state at the end of yoga, yeah. where your mind just like is totally open. And because right. in this state, everybody is more receptive to suggestion. So that's like, there's a spectrum of suggestibility, but everybody is more receptive to suggestion in this state. So it's, you know, it's about training your mind too to come into you know, that trance state to receive suggestion. So, um, so yeah, so the, I hope that answers your question. <laughs> yeah, I can no, definitely. Share, I can also share having done certain kinds of meditation, I guess, like when you're investigating teachings and such, it's very similar because I did a session with Shauna, just one session, I wanted to try it out. And uh, it was interesting because I think in my experience, you know, planting those suggestions, planting those kind of like, seeds of thought about um yourself and your own experience of yourself is slightly different from meditation because it's like meditation you're investigating like the dharma and the teachings if you're doing a buddhist mm -hmm. meditation and it's kind of reliant upon certain texts i think it's like the inter the dialogue is slightly different because it's like you know you're trying to really grow out of like a primal suggestion uh would, would you say that's true chana would you kind of agree that you're kind of like a suggestion is kind of trying to grow out from there. And you're like, you know, the idea that you're planting a seed of thought in your mind, allowing it to like take root. Um, oh yeah. yeah. It's definitely all about those seeds. It, I, that's yeah. why I, um, yeah, I, I'm writing a whole, I'm writing a whole book on it right now, basically almost finished. Yeah. <laughs> Not quite. Cool. I don't even know if I should talk about it because I'm, have, you know, <laughs> You know how it goes, but anyways, yeah. um, spoilers. <laughs> no, not, not spoilers. Yeah. Just you know, whatever. Like uh, bad, not bad luck, but you know, you want yeah. it to be right. all. Yeah. <laughs> but at any rate, I call the subconscious mind. Um, I feel like the subconscious mind in this kind of trance state is like a proverbial wishing well. Mm. So, like planting your wishes and your seeds in the hypnosis trance state is you know, is the optimal state for that. You know, that's really what it's all about. And also, you know, befriending your subconscious mind, which is also befriending your imagination, right? So like this way of like and learning. And I think American people of all people on the planet are probably more afraid of befriending their subconscious mind than <laughs> anybody else. Yeah. Ever. <laughs> I just want to say about, I just want to say that what this makes me think about is when you wrote in your pre-interview questions about everyone can be hypnotized and they actually are all the time. It's yes. like, uh, that's really interesting to think about because it's like, um, having to do with the law of attraction, having to do with the idea of, 
that we're pulling into the we're pulling in from the universe everything that we want and everything that reflection of our inner psyche this kind of well-known idea that you know the universe is a reflection of ourselves and in our psyche so when people are saying oh you know i'm not pulling in the right thing or i'm not pulling in what i want uh how would you comment on that and how would you comment on how you know we're being hypnotized all the time so it's like you know, maybe society in some way is kind of planting the seeds of discontent in us. I don't know. What do you oh. think about that? Uh, yeah, a hundred percent. One hundred percent. Yeah. I mean, yeah. I think that's this is the whole thing when people tell me like, oh, I can't be hypnotized or like, are you hypnotizing me now? Making me cluck like a chicken? Are you going to make me, you yeah. know, do the, I'm like, yeah. first of all, you know, no, I'm not hypnotizing you now. Second of all, <laughs> the thing is, of course you can be hypnotized because you probably were hypnotized, you know, 20 times today, 30 yeah. times, 40 times, like all you're in a state of hypnosis right now. Yeah. Meaning like social media, the, I call Instagram, like the great hypnotizer, you know, like, uh, um, a movie is a classic example of, yeah. you know, but, but advertising uses, you know, neuro-linguistic programming, you know, explicitly, implicitly, engaging our senses going below our, our you know our conscious awareness to plant seeds of suggestion of you know co-opting you know and controlling influencing our desire you know mm -hmm. and our imagination so like it's it this the practice of hypnosis of self-hypnosis is really a process of reclaiming the sovereignty of your imagination from all of these conditioned outside forces you know mm -hmm. like it's it's yeah, it's pervasive. And uh, yeah, it's, I think maybe that's because you said, Tori, like how Americans are uniquely like afraid of their subconscious in a way. Yeah. And, and, um, yeah, maybe it's because so much advertising and, you know, Hollywood kind of conditioning too, you know, that's already gone. I've, on. I've been returning to, um, James Baldwin recently mm. and he speaks. In a, about the American condition uh, in a way that I've never heard anybody speak about it before in that American uniquely are afraid of connection mm. because that, because sowing the seeds of um, being discontented with connection with other human beings is what allows the American system to continue and this conversation is making me think about all of the ways that it's sewed into our subconscious to want to shy away from human connection. So okay. I, I think that's, that's really fascinating that so, so much of our, our fantasies, our problematic fantasies can be traced back to exactly what you say about how, how you know, we are hypnotized most of our, our day. That uh -huh. these these thoughts are these that that's one of the ways that these thoughts do become pervasive, and that hypnosis specifically is like a really interesting tool to take that that back. Yeah, definitely. Like, yeah, that's it's very very fascinating what you're saying about like this idea of separation and capitalism and like and just yeah. that's the whole thing, you know. It's very interesting too, like how thing like with change work oftentimes. In my field, um, people will call themselves change workers as well because we're really working to change. That's the big difference between meditation and hypnosis. Is like you're going in there to change something. <laughs> yeah, it's like a goal. 
Yeah, the goal. Yeah. yeah. So, right. Um, so with the change work, like that's why I named my school the Divine Feminine School of Hypnosis because I'm referring to the philosophy of the Divine Feminine. You know, not in a in a gender term, but in the in a right. basic philosophy, like an energy, the qualities of the of the feminine um, being collaboration, creativity, uh, community, compassion, and those qualities, like, you know, especially community and like collaboration, you know, because that's how change works on a, you know, on a neuroplasticity level, you know, on a le- like that we know now that like, you know, change works in a very nonlinear lateral way, you know, that is right. not- it's not a this or that, like, kind of patriarchal, like, linear pers- way. It's not, like, all or nothing, you know? It, 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 it happens through collaboration and, and compassion with yourself, you know? And finding new solutions, you know, using creativity. It's not about, like, yeah, like a shame-based um, kind of, you know, Aristotelian thinking, you know? Yeah, that's uh, remarkable because, as you said before about social media being one of the things that sort of is teaching our brains how to, you know, concoct these fantasies that are problematic. Um, I find that, you know, social media is exactly, it It lends itself very well to this patriarchal binary thinking and uh-huh. is so, like, anti-feminine thought in terms of the way that you're that you're bringing up the feminine in the space and that like on social media especially it's like nowadays there's such binarism of morality too Uh and i think that that's another way that that we allow ourselves to be sort of um taken into this sort of scheme of giving ourselves these fantasies that will eventually just drive us nuts because we can either be completely good or completely bad. So like that shame idea that you're, that you're talking about is, is very interesting. Yeah, no, it's very interesting too, the way that you're talking about how our experience on social media right now. And like, um, cause it's so emotional. That's, that's the danger of it. You know, this is the way. Yeah. It's so quick to emotionally connect to that. <laughs> yeah. And it, so, and so you're, so we're, yes, we're being affected and responding from this, um, you know, our emotional mind and um, yeah, being deeply influenced by that, you know? Um, So, but it's the same. So like, for example, hypnosis is not only a, it doesn't, the state of, you know, suggestibility is not only in the the relaxed kind of traditional thing that you think about with hypnosis. Right. It's also a thing called the up trance, which is, you know, stuff stuff that happens when you go to a political rally or you go to like a protest or you go to a um, Tony Robbins conference or something like that. You know, like, you, <laughs> you, that is, yeah. like, you know, it's yeah. an uptrance, which is that political rally, especially, right? So, and we know who I'm talking about. Like, you know, you go there and it's, if people, if you rile people up like a, like a pep rally, you know, and like, it's all mm-hmm. about emotion and fear and that's the way it happens. That's, you know, that's yeah. people get, that's something that happens there, wow. you know? Yeah. I've never heard that referred to as a state of hypnosis. That's yeah. so interesting. Yeah. I've, I've heard a little bit of that in regards to certain kinds of rallies where they're like, you know, the, the 
certain speakers are like you know kind of hypnotizing the crowd into this chanting they're able to and, right. and riots and all that kind of thing and the, and the way they're able to kind of into a frenzy kind of a thing you know exactly I mean, yeah right. because you you're attaching first of all it's like yeah it's like that fantasy but like it's like yeah. you attach fear to identity to uh values to outcomes you know like to like it's it's a, like a brainwashing you know like it's it's but if the thing is, if you take that and use it positively to motivate people to collaborate, you know, to to you know find their power, find their inner power, um, you know, it's a it's an amazing tool. But it can also be used, you know, like anything, the wrong way. Yeah. You know? But I do want to bring up also the book um, Anamkara by John O'Donohue. Uh, mm -hmm. something about a spiritual friend is all I kind of got, got the sense of. So tell us a little bit about that book and how it influenced you and, uh, and to segue into some of the works or some of the things that have impacted your practice and all that. Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah, I love that book so much. I think for me it was so, um, it was so important because it was the kind of first book that brought together, um, kind of my kind of sense of spirituality, I guess. Um, my, my parents are from Ireland. They immigrated yeah. from Ireland and, and uh, you know, it was hugely influential on me growing up. But I grew up, like I mentioned before, about my Catholic guilt, like, you know, very mm -hmm. super Catholic in this, in this way. But also underlining it, you know, it was like really, you know, like Irish culture and, heritage and school of thought and like you know below the catholicism in ireland is like the celtic spirituality you know like this kind of translation of that spirituality that was then kind of you know um colonized by the catholic church or whatever so anyway so john o'donohue kind of had kind of brings it back but he was a priest for a long time and he left he left the church and then um, just became a philosopher and like, you know, poet and intellectual and wrote this beautiful book, um, kind of sharing the, you know, tenets or philosophies of like Celtic wisdom and spirituality. Um, so, yeah, what, what I love about it is it just feels like it's the heart of, you know, yeah, the Celtic spirituality and wisdom, which is that, you know, everybody should be able to look everybody else in the eye as equals as we, you know, like this is how we should live like as humans. And that's how the Celtic people lived allegedly, like this sense of like, there's no one better or worse than anybody else. And, you know, we're the same, you know? And so the Anamkara was this notion of having a, a soul friend, this person that, you know, really sees the best in you and opens up. The, there's a quote, like, a, it's a friend, who, you know, who awakens your life to free the wild possibilities within you and really just, like, reflects back to you, um, you know, your potential and and uh, beauty and all the things, you know. So, um, yeah. So it was just, it, it's a very, like, kind of, inspiring um read and also he has other books that 
are just blessings, kind of like poems, but just blessings a little bit like prayers that I that I really like too. And I feel like, you know, with with hypnosis and also in the school, the Divine Feminine School of Hypnosis, I really um, take the approach that, you know, it's you know, the best thing is to be able to see the possibilities within ourselves and other people, you know, from from this place of unconditional positive regard, you know, and to, this is a, one of the, for me, it was like the most healing experience to kind of, yeah, heal trauma and shame and all these things that, that were at the root, I think, of my, of my issues in a way that I couldn't really get over. It doesn't matter how many, you know, how much therapy I did or how much other work I did on myself. I mean, it, books or, you know, shamanic sessions or, you know, tarot readings that I had, what, what wasn't working because I had this, I had this kind of wall of shame that I couldn't, you know, it was always like, it always went to a self attack, you know? So I really couldn't heal or change from that. But with hypnosis, I was able to create a pathway, you know, through that shame and create a supportive relationship with myself, you know, to see myself like my own soul friend. So, and that's what I bring to, you know, my clients to help them, you know, see themselves as their own soul friend. And then hopefully, see each other <laughs> as soul friends and our community and our earth and like that, you know, yeah. like take it from there. So, so yeah, that's kind of like my, my foundational spiritual uh, influence, I think. Good, good. And, and also let's talk a little bit about the, um, my massage hotline, uh, mm-hmm. and how that kind of helps you reach out to people. Uh, tell us a little bit about that. Yeah. And how- so yeah, so during the the early stage of the pandemic, um, I I don't know. I think I was just like really like wanting to work a lot or like trying to be of service or do something to help. Um, so uh, myself and um, some people who've taken my classes, some students, uh, basically quickly um organized and it's amazing what happens when you put your mind to something and you can't leave your house for (laughs) for like a week or two and you have some people to help you um we quickly put together a little call center to um to offer an emotional support um kind of deep relaxation uh, experience for frontline workers essential workers or anybody in need right now um we were starting to kind of become aware of like first of all just like you know people working in hospitals and, and people working essential workers just like you know out there on the front lines like night and day and then also just like the mental health issues that were you know starting to arise of course because of all this isolation so um so the mind massage is kind of like a, it's like a mini hypnosis experience but it's um a specialized technique that's it's not like a hypnosis session where you're working with changing anything but it's uh it's using hypnotic language and sensory language like it's a combination of um visualization meditation um and kind of relaxation techniques to go into like a deeply relaxing um, peaceful place 
So it's just on the phone. You book a session. It's free. Um, and yeah, it's, we wanted also to not have it be on zoom because <laughs> there's so much screen fatigue and all that kind yeah. of stuff. Uh, although I think I've gotten over my screen fatigue now. I'm just happy to see people on zoom, <laughs> but, yeah. um, but yeah, so it's, it's like old school, just, just the voice, you know, just, um, you know, just calling the the number and then having a one-to-one mind massage session. And I also got an 800 number where I have a mini mind massage recorded that anyone can listen to at any time. Wow. It's just seven minutes, but it's like an 800 number. Um, But otherwise you can always call and book a one-to-one session too. Interesting. Thank you. Thank you. That's really cool. Yeah, it's really good. I think it's really good, especially in these times when people are like so stressed out about, you know, returning to work now and and going back to a place where whether or not they're, you know, being safe, whether or not we're being safe, whether or not the community is, um, you know, following procedures that will keep us safe. So there's a lot of anxiety surrounding that, even in my own life, you know, as I return back to work, you know, whether or not maintaining vigilance you know, and that's an yeah. unusual, um, a usual state of mind to be in, in, in regular life. We're, we're not to be so vigilant, I think, you know, and as, as time passes, we're like, oh, you know, maybe it's no big deal. But then that's when, you know, we have a second wave. That's, or, when, that's when the yeah. problems start. Yeah, that's when the problem oh starts. Like, I know. And I, I, you know, and it's funny because you, you talk about um, frontline workers and, and then I'm thinking of the inverse of that, of like people like myself who are full-time working artists mm. who now don't have work <laughs> for the foreseeable future. Um, and a lot of my friends in theater specifically, um, have we have lost our healthcare because uh, we are no longer working. So we're not able to get healthcare benefits. So I find that like myself and a lot of my colleagues are turning to these alternative forms of mm-hmm. finding care. Whereas, you know, before maybe we all would have gone to, you know, a therapy session that would have been covered by our insurance, hopefully. And we would have mm-hmm. just paid like a copay. Now a lot of people are turning to more holistic forms or like different forms mm. of self-care and like searching for some sort of an answer. Cause I think a lot of people are going through a time of enhanced problematic fantasy um, Uh where, because a lot of those fantasies are sort of coming true. A lot of things that we never thought in our like wildest dreams, the the things that felt like the worst case scenario are now becoming like our daily reality. So um, what do you find that there is a solution for people who want to, um, use these practices is there like an entryway for these practices for people who have never um tried them before and just want to see for themselves um like in a a private way like just with themselves to experiment with with some form of hypnosis Mm, i think so i think it's you know i have like recordings and stuff and i there's Mm. like a billion recordings on youtube a lot of them i don't like but (laughs) but why? But, yeah, Can I, I ask you know, why? <laughs> yeah. You know, it makes for good yeah. hypnosis session versus... Uh, yeah. Well, it's, yes, exactly. It's it's very different than having a session because you're not in dialogue. Right. Specific dialogue right. with you. So people think like, oh, I did hypnosis, but like you didn't. But but then the other <laughs> yeah. thing is that uh-huh. there's, a, there, you know, there's also 
you know, it's it's highly specialized to like use language correctly in oh, in hypnosis yeah. and and uh, and that's not a, you know people don't always do that properly in this way that I that I approve of. <laughs> I love that because it is so you know you're in a very suggestible state, so it's very important. It's good. It's, it's it's one of the rare places that the, that vagueness is is extremely like a good thing. <laughs> uh, you have to. It's called the art of vagueness. You know, like you, ha- you can't step on anybody's trance. Yeah. Essentially, yeah. that's one of my wow. taglines. Don't step on my trance, man. Which <laughs> is. <laughs> I hope you no. have merch that says that. So. <laughs> I'm going to. I'm going to. I'm yeah. good. My, you should. I have a poster. That says that, but... A mug that says "Don't step on my trance." I love that. <laughs> <laughs> so meaning, but but it, it is a nice way to to kind of like just experiment, I guess, with if you want to do like a guided hypnosis audio track yeah. or something. Yeah. Um, yeah. And also you have uh, some information about Wishcraft. And also I believe your Instagram is called the Wishcraft, right? People can follow you on Instagram. I wanted to on... get into this too. What I wanted, I wanted uh, to like know more. Yeah, oh, I want to yeah. know more about Wishcraft and how wishes... Um, wishes play into that or how what we wish or what we what we want you know kind of following along lines again about law of attraction how we're, we're guided by our wishes for something and mm-hmm. how do we get uh, what is what is it about wish fulfillment or is it about what is it about yeah yeah no totally um well it's that's the book that i'm writing the wish craft okay good, good. <laughs> yeah a book of wishes um it, yeah so it's it's because it, that's what I, for me in my journey with hypnosis, um, and I started practicing after like a year or two. I was like, you know, I really got to bring this into a more in a realm that's like that kind of expresses my kind of like mystical witchy side. <laughs> so yeah. because I for me it. it it is it's, it's a spiritual practice you know as well because but i mean that's not like that for everybody and that's the thing that i love about hypnosis is that you know it's really not appropriating any like religion or culture or uh you know anything else or putting any beliefs on anybody because the thing is it's it's empowered by your beliefs it's empowered by your faith it's empowered by your spirituality you know yeah. so but for me it, you know it is you know a spiritual practice because it's like the liminal state of, of prayer or petitioning the divine or, and it's an ideal state to plant your wishes and seeds like we talked about earlier. And so I found that in my practice, so it comes back, I bring it back basically to Celtic uh, tradition, which the original wishing well allegedly is from, from the Celtic, um, you know, cultures where they believe that the water was sacred and the gods dwelled in the water. And so they had a wishing well, also obviously because of the healing health properties of, of water, in the center of town. And people would go to the wishing well and they would surrender their wishes and their worries to the gods who lived in the water. And and I felt like, I'm like, oh, this is, this is what hypnosis is. It's like when you make it work for you instead of against you, your mind and your imagination, your, your mind can become like a proverbial wishing well. <laughs> and... Uh, and you know you you can deliberately have a practice of going into you know the wishing mind to first of all like do healing work with your inner child with your ancestors 
you know, also imagine positive futures, do collective dreaming with, with your community and, you know, and really like open up to this idea that, you know, you can create a sense of safety within this trance state for yourself that you cultivate, you know, um, that's like a healing state, but also you can, you know, get better and better at wishing well for yourself, you know, no matter what your circumstances are, or no matter what is going on within you or around you, like you, you can kind of cultivate that sovereign space, you know, and that everybody, deserve, you know, we all deserve that. And it's sometimes it's extremely hard in situations, you know, but that it's a practice and an ability. So the wishcraft is a self-hypnosis practice to like kind of method to, to do kind of use hypnosis in a ceremonial way um, to help heal and, you know, manifest what you want for yourself. Um, I, I always like, sometimes I go back and forth with the word manifest, but because of it's like colonial roots, but I think that it was a word before that. <laughs> and it is what it is, meaning it, you know, it, like the law of attraction, like it's very, sim- you know, it's, it's basically, you know, talking about the law of attraction and the fact that the idea that your thoughts are causative and they have an influence on your, you know, physical body and the world in a way. But the thing that the law of attraction, I think, is people don't understand or they kind of misinterpret it a lot um, is is this idea that like, oh, God, like if I think a bad thought, something bad's going to happen. Mm-hmm. Or if somebody is like in a bad place, then it's contagious or something like that, you know, like this kind of horrible way of thinking that like just feels kind of more isolationist than, than uh, you know, supportive or collaborative. But, you know, I really have found that and I found like in a, like advanced teachings of the law of attraction and metaphysics that it's not about that. It's not about there's you know, it's, it's exactly the opposite. Like you don't have to be afraid of your thoughts actually, you know, cause they are meaningless. We don't have to believe what we think. And that when you go into the realm of imagination and spirit and that liminal space, um, you can kind of supersede those, your thoughts, you know, and kind of neutralize them and, and bring your intention into alignment with what you really want on a deeper level than your thoughts. And so, yeah, so the witchcraft is, is kind of, you know, my take on the law of attraction, but by way of self-hypnosis. And, and one of the things that I really want to kind of, you know, share and express through the witchcraft is that I have like this, uh, this little kind of invocation um, that kind of sums it up, which is just as I wish well for myself, may your wishes come true. And I usually say that three times just as I wish well for myself, may your wishes come true. Um, and just for, I'll say it one last time, just in case, <laughs> just as I wish well for myself, may your wishes come true. So meaning that we're all in it together, you know, and that, um, yeah, but that's a really vital, important part of it, you know? So yeah, that's a little bit about the wishcraft. Thank you. Thank you. That's so cool. That's really I have so many, yeah. so many thoughts. They're percolating. Yeah. <laughs> Thinking, yeah. That's really lovely. Yeah, and also I would say like uh, to talk a little bit about healing. I know on your website it talks it, it is an article about uh, you know it, it's supposedly uh, it, it purports to be uh, or it kind of references a um, article where it says that ninety three percent of people healed from. Uh, 
from using um, hypnosis therapy versus like, you know, uh, less percentages in other forms of therapy. So I'd be curious uh, what its healing look like and what is it? Can you expand a little bit more on what like that aspect of healing would be like or what would it be like to heal? What, what is the vision of healing? Well, right? you know, I kind of, I think, I mean, that I, 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 uh, I understand kind of being a hypnosis practitioner as being a guide to help helping somebody uh, find their own power, you know, yeah. to, I feel like the, you know, there's, we all have an innate kind of healing power within us. And I don't really believe in the notion of like the healer, you know, even though yeah. as that word gets thrown oh, around. It's the word recovery, recovery. Oh, uh, recovery. Recovery. So yeah. like, 93% recovery after six sessions. Uh, hypnosis and describes meditation with an agenda. And then, yeah, it's, no, it's, it, I think it's, yeah. you know, it's a great quote because of what I want to, what I wanted to kind of share with people there is that it's, you know, it can happen much quicker. This kind of like, it doesn't have to be years and years and, you know, of talking about all the bad things and all that stuff. Like it can, yeah. that's the thing. But although it's, uh, you know, the, the, the irony too, for me, it's like with hypnosis, it happened quickly in a sense, but then it became like a really deep, long practice of course it's a lifelong practice you know um but so because i was able to like find this this very the supportive kind of pathway within myself that i hadn't been able to access in these other forms of therapy but then you know i was a with that supportive kind of compassionate pathway that i had you know within me i then was able to do deeper shadow work you know and like deeper kind of like I was able to go into the healing of like the past and, you know, the fears of the future with a perspective that, you know, I could do it, that it was going to be okay. You know, whereas I wasn't able really to do that effectively before because there was too much, uh, you know, shame or self attack and that kind of stuff. So in that initial part happens pretty quickly, which is amazing. And I think that that's the most important thing to, to get to a place of like, like, you know, increasing your self-worth so you can do the deeper work, you know? Yeah, yeah. So, yeah. This, it, this sounds so much more intimate than, than classic talk therapy. Yeah. Yeah. And I, I always, you know, I'm, I'm very, um, I personally get uncomfortable talking about my feelings. So when I realized that, you know, talk therapy would probably be helpful, it was a bit like what you're what you're um, touching on about time. It felt like it took a very, very, very long time to mm -hmm. get anywhere because you're taking you're using so much time to get comfortable with this person that mm -hmm. you're speaking to to actually get anywhere. Whereas, from my understanding of uh, your practice of um, of hypnosis, it feels very much more intimate with the self. So mm -hmm. that there's like less work to be done to get rid of the barriers between yourself and somebody else to move forward in a talk therapy situation. Cause yeah. you, do you think, am I on the right track here? Oh, Would you want to uh, expand on that? Yeah, I know. Yeah, I've never heard exactly um, described like that, but that's exactly right on. That's what it is, you know, because it's, it's a self intimacy practice, you know, and that I'm a yeah. guide for like, kind of like holding space for that. For somebody to really connect to themselves on this deeper level. However, um, you know, the other thing is that 
you know, it, it, it becomes a, a practice that you can take outside of, you know, it's a self-hypnosis practice after that. Right. And lead, they can lead you to, you know, other therapies that are helpful or other practices that are helpful and things like that. Because I, I feel like your um, position as this sort of guide is sort of spectacular because it allows this person who is going on this internal, very intimate journey permission. And often I find that the thing that people need more than anything to get onto that path toward healing is just the permission to do it. Right. You know? And so there is, yes, there is that practice of self hypnosis where you can eventually um, reach that space. But I think you as the guide give people um, cues and permission to move through that space that is so intimate. It is often um, an unexplored place for us. And so Mm -hmm. I was wondering if you could sort of speak on practices that not practices, but experiences rather that you've found with clients, not anything personal, but have you noticed that people um, are not communing with themselves on that intimate level? Yeah, no, it's, um, I mean, it happens all the time, you know, it also happens with me, you know, like I have, there's certain areas of my life where I have to go see my hypnotist friend, you know, cause I can't get there, you know, on my own, yeah. you know? And so it's this beautiful thing because even if, I mean, there's, I definitely have my own self-hypnosis, like bushcraft practice. Um, but there's certain areas where I'm like, Oh, I gotta, I need help getting there. I need to have someone to hold the space for me to, to guide me to that yeah. place because there's some blocks, you know, um, you know, you need that supportive space. And also it's like holding on and letting go at the same time. Like you can only go so deep, you know, you kind of do need a guide, you know, to allow you yeah. to really get into that space in a safe space. Um, and yeah. And I think the key is we use language to go beyond language in that space to go, you know, to guide people to the imagination and into the senses in their mind. And so that's why it kind of bypasses the conscious mind. Whereas in talk therapy, very hard to do that, you know, and it takes a long time. I mean, it definitely is. I don't get me wrong. I think talk therapies could be super effective and, you know, finding really? a great, so is so wonderful and important, but, um, but yeah, I think that, you know, I think in talk therapy, you do spend a lot of time building your own walls and then having to get rid of them. Yeah. just in that space that you create. Yeah. Totally. Yeah. yeah. Interesting. But yeah, I know with people, I think it's, it's, it's a spectrum, you know, in New York, it's like people just coming in just to, you know, like, you know, mothers who are super busy and working and stuff. They just have no time to go into that space. They have no time for themselves whatsoever, you know, and I love working yeah. with people like that. Cause I'm like, cause I find that we get so much out of that session because they have so much appreciation for it. And also yeah. it's such a vital part about for us as humans to like, you know, it's like to go in there and like reset, you know, and update the operating system because we, we just get so stressed and accumulation of stress in our conscious mind then just keep, keeps us repeating the negative loops, you know? Yeah. So we can just, you know, it is kind of like a computer. We can really reset it and update it. And um, Oh, I love that. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I love that analogy. Yeah. Yeah. Really I think that's yeah. so cool. Yeah. Like yeah. I need to restart so I can get the newest like iOS. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> so why don't I give you a chance also to, to plug your Instagram and website 
before we start to do some uh, last minute uh, announcements. Uh-huh. Uh, so, Shana, so, can you, yeah, mm-hmm. go ahead. Oh, sorry. Did you want me to say it? or? Yeah, go ahead and say it. Yeah. Okay. Um, so, yeah. So, my website is shaunacummins.com. Um, that's Cummins, I-N-S, and Shauna with a U. So, you can... S H A U N A C U M M I N S dot com. And then uh, my Instagram is the wishcraft, one word. And yeah, then there's Mind Massage Hotline. You can book a session on there. We also have an Instagram, uh, Mind Massage Hotline. And yeah, and I have a training school too, the Divine Feminine School of Hypnosis. I think, I, I think I might do one other training this year, but. Not sure. uh, yeah, yeah. I saw on your Instagram something about in August, but I'm not sure if that's still valid. Um, the thing about the post about uh, the retreat or something is that still happening? Yeah, or? it's kind of like yeah. pending, you know. Pending, yeah, um, oh, okay. um, so people can find out more on your Instagram or message you. Um, so now this is the Truth to Power Show in Radio Free Brooklyn. Radio Free Brooklyn is a 501c3 nonprofit organization. Uh, listen to support radio. So, um, you know, of course, during COVID's uh, reign, we're a little disrupted. So most of our revenue stream has evaporated. We need your help. We realize you may be hurting too, but if you can afford a small donation, it'd be long, long, go a long way towards helping us stay on the air. There are three ways you can help. First, you can give a one-time or monthly donation by going to radiofairbooklyn.org slash donate. There you'll find some great T-shirts, mugs, and other swag that you'll uh, that would love to send you um, to say thanks. You can also use the phone to text RFB Give Five. That's number five to four four three two one. You can only take a moment, and you'll be able to use your digital wallet for your donations. Finally, if you shop on Amazon, you can go to Amazon.com/smile and register ready for booking as a nonprofit you wish to support. Uh, when you do a percentage of your sales goes to Ready for Brooklyn, and it costs you nothing. No donation is too big or too small, and we'd love to have your support. Thanks so much. Um, so this is the Truth to Power show. We read every Monday at 8 a.m. Um, and we rebroadcast usually on Thursdays at 9, although I would check the schedule. I'm not sure how long that will be active because uh, it's subject to change. But um, Mondays at 8 a.m. is our principal air date. So thanks so much, guys. Uh, so any last thoughts, final thoughts as we start to wind down? We have like five more minutes, four more minutes. Um, well, this has been so nice. Thank you so much. I love talking to you guys. Thank you. Yeah, really- this is awesome. Yeah. But it's been very fun. Really it's very great. good to like um, try to plant in that, you know, plant in those thoughts, those incentives that – Someone, someone does suffer from feelings of being unworthy or being like those subliminal subconscious beliefs about ourselves that mm. are deeply rooted and being able to just at the very least, you know, seed in the thoughts that I'm lovable, that I'm I'm a good mm-hmm. person, that I'm I'm capable and put planting those seeds in there so that then they'll grow into, you know, flourish into a, a, a life worth living, you know, a life that we feel is 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 fruitful and and you know so i kind of get out of out of this whole conversation and out of the hypnosis yeah, yeah. it's yeah. also kind of nice to know that it isn't something that is pathological you know what i mean it's not yeah. something that we can pathologize that it's like yeah. things that are 
subliminal in just our world that we yeah. sort of are conditioned to allow to mess with us in that way, that it's not something that is just a natural part of my brain. That's something right. that I'll take away from this today for sure, because that's something that I think a lot of people with anxiety and depression and things like that struggle with, that it's something that like we can blame ourselves for, that we're kind yeah. of like broken or something's wrong with us. And that's just not true, which is kind of really freeing. Yeah. yeah. Oh, I'm so glad that you, you know, <laughs> yeah. I don't like yeah. focusing on them, but that's what it's all about. It's, yeah. That's so important. Yeah. 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 And if we can take away that the idea that we can have control over our thoughts, that we can have control of the patterns of our thoughts, by simply planting in those seeds of, you know, positive reinforcement, positive affirmation, that we mm -hmm. can then uh, not be succumbed to the idea that oh, I'm powerless, or that I have yeah. no power. Yeah. yeah, for sure. Yeah, yeah, I love it. I love it so much. Thank you. Thanks a lot. Thank you. All right, cool. This is awesome. Yeah, I'm really yeah. happy that I was part of this conversation. <laughs> Me too. Thanks very much. So I'll so, play a little bit from uh, a song play, Imagine Dragons, I think, um, just to take us out of the last few minutes. All right? All right. Bye. All right, thanks so much. Take care. Have a wonderful morning, everybody, and a great day. <laughs> Thank you. First playing Lever by uh, Imagine Dragons on the track. A young age, taking my soak into the masses, writing my poems for the few that look at me, took to me, shook at me, feeling me, singing from heartache, from the pain, taking my message from the veins, speaking my lesson from the brain, seeing the beauty through the. Okay.